The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. There is, and we'll get to the calls in a second. There is a time when as a fan, all you want, all you want as a fan is for your team to be competitive. All you want as a fan is for your team to not embarrass you, for your team to play hard to be in every game. And if it does, you understand that your team is not going to win every game. But if it, if, if, if they're in it, I mean, you want them to try to be the best they can be and at least be entertaining. That is not the case in Boston today. The Boston Celtics are leading Golden State. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, 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 they're leading Golden State 99 to 48. The Golden State Warriors didn't only sent out, uh, I think Kaminga was the only starter they sent out in the second half. The rest of the bench. That's how bad it is. That's how bad. Golden State scored, they were outscored 44-22 in the first quarter. And they were outscored 38-16 in the second quarter. And they're trailing 17-10 in the third. So they've been competitive in the third quarter so far. But they're down by 51 points. I mean, and the Celtics are shooting 62% from the field, 62% from three. Tatum, four or five from three. White, four or five from three. Jalen Brown, five of ten from three. Holiday and Horford, Holiday, one of three from three. Horford, one of two from three. Hauser, two of three from three. And Pritchard, one of one from three. Celtics are 18 of 29 from three. 18 of 29. I mean, it's, 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 it's good old fashioned butt whipping. That's what it is. Wow. Wow. 1-800-919-3776. Richard to Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Larry, as you and I know, the Celtics are just one injury away from not being that great anymore. So you never know what happens in the future. Not that I wish it on anyone, but as great as they look. Uh, did you watch the game last night, Denver and L.A.? I did, yes. What a game. I enjoyed that. I enjoy watching Jamal Murray. Man, that guy is combination New way of playing basketball and still the old way. He still has some Bernard King moves in him. And uh, I thought Stephen A. Smith, Kendrick Perkins at the end of the postgame, those guys were great. Stephen A., I know he's a lot of bluster, but 
he did make a point that was really, really salient. He says he's never seen two superstars that play so complimentary and know each other's moves, you know? He's 100% right. Murray and Dokic, they are un- Jokic, they are unbelievable together. They just, oh, it was great to watch those two. And I tell you, if Denver wins it, you're going to have to put Jokic up there with, uh, with Elijah Wan, with Patrick. Uh, he's not Tim Duncan yet, but, you know, he's approaching uh, uh, Elijah Wan and Patrick as far as, you know, great centers in the NBA. This guy is, I don't know, he seems to me getting better. He had one hell of a game yesterday. And Stephen A. was right about Anthony Davis. He should have had a better game. He was playing at home. He had the competition. Uh, of course, uh, LeBron had his usual good game, mm-hmm. but uh, I tell you that Jamal Murray, though, Larry, he is so fun to because he still has old school moves, the post up mm-hmm. game, yep. they back yep. you down, right, Larry? You know, That's right. he Absolutely. still has that over. I, I don't see other guys doing that. Take a guy to the rim and, and you know back you down and oh, you turn around jump shots and oh, it's great fun to watch and Jokic with the passing and. It, it, what a fun game to watch. And I even like the uh, the post game. Larry, as I say all the time, and I don't like to tell you guys this, but I still, still miss Van Gundy and Mark because mm-hmm. that always had the big big game thing to me. So, But other than that, everything was great about the game, Larry. Always a sure. pl- pleasure, Larry. Thank you, Larry. All right, Richard. Thanks for checking in. Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Hey, good afternoon, Larry. I, I just, you know, Wanted to check in and, you know, talk some, you know, baseball, because I know you said you you had mm-hmm. that coming up soon. Yep. And you know me, I'm a huge Yankee fan, and mm-hmm. I know you're a Mets fan, and I we are waiting for the baseball season to start, and we're hoping to have a very good season and bounce back from last year's horrendous season. We do not want to repeat or try to go through that again. Sure. But, um, you know, here's the thing with, you know, the Yankees, because, you know, I, I – you know, we're, we're going to have to, like, actually start talking, like, you know, because I'm, I'm still concerned, you know, with Aaron Boone's job security. Mm-hmm. I'm still concerned, you know, with, you know, what's going to happen with Cashman because, you know, there's still all those people that, you know, remember they bought all those fire Cashman T-shirts and tried to, you know, orchestrate their little protests and the bleachers, which is hilarious. Um, but, you know, you got, like, we have all of these things happening, and it's just like, and then, you know, remember that audit we were supposed to get, you know, get get for, you know, the whole review of yes. the analytics department and, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- these are things that, you know, as a Yankee fan, you know, I just, you don't want to throw out there because these were things that, you know, we were supposed to get resolutions on, but I guess we're not going to get them till next year, which is, you know, also very funny. But, you know, I just wanted to, you know, throw that out there for, you know, just the baseball, you know, you know, baseball alcoholics like, you know, all the other listeners out there because baseball is, you know, my true first sport. And once I realized I couldn't hit off speed pitch, that's when I realized, yeah, baseball is kind of the hardest thing to play, yeah, sport to play. <laughs> They're asking you to hit a round baseball with a round bat, Jose. That that's not easy to do. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> you know, I, and that's when I realized, you know what, it's a lot easier for me to shoot a brick and think that I'm hitting 20% and think that, you know, I was closer to the league. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just another sport for another day. <laughs> I hear you. Have a great one. <laughs> All right, Jose, thanks for checking in. It is, look, there's a lot of things that were promised for the Yankees, by the Yankees, in this uh, during the season, during the offseason. 
And we'll figure out, we'll see what happens. Ultimately, what's the bottom line for them? The ultimate bottom line is that they get to the postseason and have a deep playoff run. And then we won't worry about the we won't worry about the audits. We won't worry about the, you know, the changes. We won't worry about Cashman. We won't worry about Boone. You just right now, as a Yankee fan, here here's what you worry about. You worry about uh, the certain the, the players. You worry about your starting rotation. You worry about the team coming back and being what, as Gordon loves to say, being the New York Yankees, which is a team that is a team that strings wins together, a team that has solid pitching, a team that has a great bullpen, and a team that hits home runs and scores runs. And that's what you need. And you, in a way, this is like last year, two years ago, the 101-win season for the Mets, that was like a winner-take-all year. That was home run or bust. That was, not home run or bust, World Series or bust. That was, okay, we got to win it. We have everybody here. We, we, got, we spent the money. We got Scherzer. We got the Grom. We got, this is it. We are, this is championship or bust. 101 win team. And because of the Juan Soto factor, this is kind of a championship or bust team for the Yankees too. Because you're not guaranteed to have him. You're not guaranteed. I mean, you. I'm sure that I don't think he's going to leave. I think the Steinbrenners will make sure that they do everything they can to bring him back. They didn't trade away all those prospects and, and to, to just have him, to rent him for a year. Otherwise, they would have just waited and tried to bid on him at the end of this year. Okay, so they didn't do that. They understood that they wanted to try to get him. And so while you have him in the fold, you've got to try to win. And it's not going to be easy. Baltimore's better. Toronto's always Toronto. Tampa Bay's always Tampa Bay. They always find a way. Yeah, they lose players, but they find some other players. And before you know it, they're right in the thick of things again. And Boston, well, I don't think they're going to be, they're going to do much, but you know, you never know what they may do at the trade deadline. So, as a Yankee fan, yeah, you're concerned about your starting rotation. You don't know what it is. You don't know what Cortez is going to give you. You don't know what Rodon is going to give you. You know, you're not sure. Only thing you can count on is, you know, Gary Cole at the top of the rotation. You know that he's going to be great. All right? You don't, you, Clark Smith, is he going to be, you know, what Clark Smith are you getting? Is he going to be the guy that gives you some length finally? So that's the pitch. I think the bullpen, you'll be okay. Like I always say, the Yankees always find a way to, to fix bullpens. Okay, so they'll get some young kids that we don't even know about, some young arms, and they'll come up, and they'll be great. And they'll rotate people around, and they'll fix it, and they'll find a way to get the strong bullpen, and that's what they do. But it's the offense that's the main concern about this team. What are you getting from DJ? What are you getting from Rizzo? What are you getting from Glaber Torres? Does Volpe take that next step and get a little better? Okay, what are you getting from Stanton? I think you know what you're getting from Solo and Judge. 
And then with Judge, you know, he's still talking about I got to manage this toe probably for the rest of my career. I'm like, so there's going to be times since you're going to see him not playing and you're going to be like, well, why is he not playing? And it's going to be toe management. I'm telling you right now. Because you need him. All right, so that's what that's what your situation is with the Mets, with the Yankees. Got the kid, the Martian, coming back, hopefully. Showed you some things. Catcher, showed you some things. So you've got, you know, you've got, you've got some question marks. It would be nice for you, Yankee fans, to get off to a nice hot start. I mean, I know you did that a couple of seasons ago, and it didn't turn out well. But it didn't turn out well because of injuries. You need to go off to a hot start. A hot start. Put some wins on the board early. Get some confidence, especially get your guys hitting early. See if you can get some decent scoring. Decent scoring offensively and, you know, get some pitching where you can say, okay, this is not bad. This is, this is especially Rodon. See, for me, Rodon, he's got to show you something early. He really does. He's got to show you something early. He can't come out giving up the home run ball like he did last year because otherwise he's going to put a lot of pressure on that rotation. He's got to be better than he was last year. I think Cortez, you're going to have to bring him along slowly. He's going to have some five innings. Going to use the bullpen on some days that he's out there until he gets his feet underneath him. But if you can get your, if you can get your rotation decent, I think you'll be okay because I think you will hit. I think Rizzo's going to be better than he was last year. I mean, he was awful. And then we're not sure whether he had a concussion, didn't have a concussion. You know, he was still playing. I mean, that was just that was just a debacle how that went. So to answer your question, Jose, for the Yankees, the end game is to a deep run in the postseason. That's the end game. That's the end game. Because once again, there's no guarantee Soto's coming back. None. We'll continue the conversation here on 98.7 ESPN. Stephen A., I know he's a lot of bluster. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Just chatting with you once again until 6.30. That's when we've got the Knicks and Cavaliers. Oh, it's a huge game. Huge game for the Knicks. Huge game. Huge game for the Knicks. Unbelievable. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one. We'll get you caught up. Talk a little Knicks again before we get to the pregame. Pat O'Keefe will handle that for you. John Giannone and Monica McNutt on the call. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. We're talking about the Yankees before the break. As uh, Jose called and was talking about hoping that both local teams had better seasons than last year. At least his team was over 500. Mine was not. And the big question here is, what am I looking for from my team this year? What am I looking for? As a Mets fan, what am I expecting? What am I, what am I looking for? How should I, how should I view this season? Should I view this season as uh, playoffs or bust? No, I don't think so. Uh, I would view this season as a learning 
process, trying to figure out what we have, as David Stearns wants to do, and just making the way, looking at the young folks like Viento, like Beatty, seeing what we have, seeing what's going to be good, seeing where we're going forward with this team. And for me, I don't really take a lot of, I don't really, I don't, I don't really watch stats and stuff, pre spring training games. It, it doesn't matter to me. I just wonder how the pitchers look. You know, did they win or lose? Honestly, I, I could care less. Care less. I don't care until we play for real. But I am looking at Starling Marte because I want to see how he has recovered. I want to see what we possibly can expect from him if he's healthy. Now, today he was one for two, had a hit two times up. And I'm, so I'm curious about him. I'm also curious to see what I'm getting from my DH spot, right? Because for those of you who listen, you know that that's a sore spot with me about what's going on with this Met team is the fact that they have not been able to figure out the DH spot. Not been able to do it. And so I'm, I'm with the choices that I see, Troy is an option. Obviously, Voigt is an option. Thompson's an option. Trace Thompson, even though he's been in the outfield, you know, he had a pretty good day a week or so ago. So I guess he's an option. Marte would be an option, maybe. And of course, on some days you could, you know, slip Alonzo in there and, you know, Alvarez, you could slip in there when he's not catching to give him, give his knees a day off. You know, so I am, I am, ex I'm, I'm checking out. That's, that's really what I'm interested in. That's really what I'm looking at. And of course, I've got my eye a little bit on, on pitchers and what they're, what they're going to look like. But once again, still, it, it's, you know, what? It doesn't really matter till they come north. That's when you really start to wonder what's going on. You can be, you can have an unbelievable spring and come up and be over 30 to start the season. And then we start looking for reasons why. Well, you know, it's warm here, it's cold up there, it's warm there, it's cold up here. It's a big difference. It takes a while. Pitchers are ahead of the hitters. It always, we always got an excuse. We're always trying to figure out why why something is the way it is. And we really have no clue, right? But we always try to figure out, well, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that, it's that, it's this. So I really don't. But I must admit to you, I am concerned about my team. I'm concerned. And this might be the way that it's good for me. Because I'm really expecting not much. So hopefully I'll be pleasantly surprised. Because then that really makes, I guess you as fans understand that, when, when your team is not expected to do well, or your team is expected to be, well, middle of the road or 
if everything goes right, they can get one of the play-in spot, playoff spots or play-in spots, depending on the sport. If everything goes well, you stay away from injury. If this player does this or that player does that, or you get, you know, if, if Severino is vintage Severino, you know, or if Marte can play over 100 games, you know, you got all these, you got, you got all these, you know, ifs. And if they all come through, you got a great season, an unexpected season, a season that's that you're very happy with, the, you know, a season that you're like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And I guess that's what I'm looking for from this Met team, is a season like that. A season where, you know, everything just falls into place. A season where we find out if Rip Beatty can be the third baseman of the future, or do we have to go get one? A season where we find out, can Mark Vientos stay healthy enough to be in the lineup and be, you know, a playmaker, a guy that can, you know, be a difference maker in the lineup? Already, I, I'm, I know about sophomore jinxes, but I do think that Francisco Alvarez is going to be, I think he's the real deal. And I think he's going to continue to rake and defensively, he'll get better as he, you know, gets more experience. And he was pretty good last year. So the end game for me, baseball-wise, is for my Mets to be over 500 and be in the running with meaningful games in September for a chance of the wildcard spot. That's what I'm looking for. That's the end game for me. Am I concerned about my rotation with Senga? Yes. Am I concerned about Severino? Yes, I am. Am I concerned about uh, Bader in center field? Yes, because of his availability. When he's out there, I'm good. I'm good because he's, he's a great defensive player. I'm just concerned about his availability. And I think if I were to go on ESPN bet, um, the over-under would be, I hate to say it, but... <laughs> I would not be surprised if, if based on previous track record, I would not be surprised if Nimmo plays more center than left. I'm serious. Because I, it's just the track record of what Harrison Bader has been. Now, I hope I'm wrong. Believe me, I do. I want Bader to be the everyday center fielder because he gives us the best chance to be great defensively. But previous track record tells me, uh -huh. good luck. Good luck with that. That's what it says. So I have a I have a lukewarm anticipation about the season. And I'm just gonna take it game by game. And whatever it is, it is. And hopefully when we get to September, we're over five hundred and got a shot where we could put some wins together and get a streak going and who knows what may happen. The one thing I am excited about is the fact that I got my closer back in Edwin Diaz, who when he left was the best closer in baseball. With all due respect to Josh Hader, best closer in baseball. So that's, that's what I enjoy. That's what I have positive about my team. Positive.
1-800-919-3776. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hardest thing on a Sunday on 98.7 ESPN. Talking about the, the baseball season coming up. And listen, for, for, for me as a Met fan, I'm expecting. Here's the one thing I'm hanging my hat on. Joe Leo, Chantel, you, you, will, you will agree with me on this. Especially you, Joe. I'm betting on Alonzo having a Aaron Judge type season. Not necessarily breaking National League record of all, not, not like that, but I'm expecting him to bet on himself and to uh, really have an unbelievable season. Now, I don't know if that means that by doing that, they move him at the deadline <laughs> because they know they're not going to be able to sign him. I, I don't know what that means, but... I'm expecting him this year. I just think it's going to be an unbelievable year for him offensively. And I think his average is going to be a little better than it was. It was like 217, 218, something like that last year. He's, he's better than that. He's a better, he makes more contact than that. And so I, I expect that he will be probably, uh, Joe, if I could get him to a 250 hitter, 250, 260 hitter, with the amount of power that he can bring in, I think I got a good shot. It's really what are you getting around him, you know? Yep. yep. It's yep. it's like Aaron Judge the past couple of years. What's the protection around him? And if you can get anything out of that DH, if Marte can play to the back of his baseball card. Now, the last time that Alonzo followed Judge in a season like that, he hit 53 home runs. So yep. 63 this year Ooh. for Alonzo maybe? Mm-hmm. I'll take it. I would love to have it. Where are you batting him? I'm old school. I'm batting him third. Third or fourth. I'm I'm kind of like what Buck did. I like I'm kind of like third or fourth. I don't know that we're batting him second. I'm kind of like third or fourth. I think I put him, you know, right behind Lindor. You might need Lindor to protect him. You might have to bat him second. I might have to. I may. May. That's why I see if I had a DH. <laughs> yeah, I go again. If I had a DH, if I can get if I can get a DH that can give me some consistent pop. Or as you mentioned, if I can get Marte to be Marte, I could put Marte, I could bat him third and put Marte behind him. Because Marte makes contact, got a little speed. I could do that. Or whoever the DH is, be it Voight, be it, you know, whoever it is. I would, you know, I'm just, the lineup is, you know, kind of short for me right now. I wish I had some more depth to the lineup. But once again, I don't know what I'm getting from Beatty. Beatty may surprise me this year. Beatty may be, you know, more relaxed, a changed guy. And he comes in and he's able to, to give me something offensively. He's able to do some things differently. Because there's, there's really, there's more, more pressures on him. There's not really a lot of pressure on him. I mean, all he's got to do is go out and play. That's all he's got to do. I'm really, here's where I'm really disappointed. 
I'm really disappointed that I don't have Mauricio. I really was looking forward to seeing him with the speed and the excitement uh, that he could do, he could add to the lineup. I really, really was, I'm really disappointed that he's not going to play. I am. Because he showed, he, he, was, he was a great tease last year. He was a really good tease about what he possibly could bring and his ability and, and you know, the speed, as I mentioned, filled it well, got some at-bats, had some, had some, you know, stolen bases. It was great. It was excellent. I know that Jeff McNeil has been out of the lineup a little bit for, you know, a little nagging thing. It's, it's spring training. I'm not worried. But once again, for me, it's, you know, and, and Joe and I were talking during the break. I, I get the line. I get the, the, the bullpen is, you know, a concern. Brooks Raley again. Adam Adovino again. Drew Smith again. Deakman is, is a slight upgrade. Kutinami could be, you know, better. I just, I, I see a lot of, until that circle of trust that we talk about, if I'm, you know, Mendoza, my circle, those, those guys are not my circle of trust. My circle of trust is Diaz, two innings. <laughs> Give me eight, nine, Edwin, let's go. Give me five out save, six out save, let's go. That's what I'm, th- that's what I'm thinking. And then the question becomes my long relief because a- am I sure that Manea is going to give me length? Hauser going to give me length? Severino going to give me length? I mean, I don't know. It's going to be an issue early on in the season. How am I going to get length out of these guys? That That's going to tax my bullpen early. I really need my offense to get going. I really need my offense to come out strong. I do. I really do. I'm going to have to see some DJ Stewart, who had a really remarkable September. I'm going to have to see him in that DH spot a little bit. I will say this. It is not the DH spot here with the Mets is not the situation that it is with the Yankees, where it's kind of, well, that's Stanton spot. It's not log jammed like it is there. That's that's the one spot. Yeah, occasionally you put him in the field and you'll, you know, maybe Judge gets a DH day or somebody else gets a DH. Maybe DJ gets a DH day or something like that. But, you know, it's the crazy thing here is it's just so many folks. And you don't have a, cons- a a person that you can say, this is my guy. For most of the season, I'm locked in to this guy. Locked in. Locked in. So we'll see what happens. Got to play it out. Got to play it out and see. But I, I do think, I think Nimmo's going to be really good in left. I know he's played it before. Um, I like him in center, but he's going to be really good in left field. And I'm, I'm very curious because of, and I mentioned McNeil earlier, he looks like he's back to uh, maybe batting champion McNeil. And once again, it's the spring, and it's no guarantee, but he just looked like he was like on the ball. He was really on the ball in the games that I saw, the at-bats that he had. 
So I'm hoping you can bring that north when he gets back into the lineup. I really am. We'll continue the conversation and your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. Every- the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Boy, I tell you, I, I don't know. I, if you're Steve Kerr, how do you how do you handle this loss? Is this one of those? Does he do a Rex Ryan where he takes the video and they bury it? <laughs> when the giant when the Jets got lit up in New England, got shut out, they came back and they buried the video somewhere in Farm Park. Is that what he does? I mean, it's 134-83. The starters have not played in the second half at all. At all. And rightfully so. Why, why would, you're not coming back in this game. And the Boston starters played, played maybe for the first five, six minutes, and then they've been sitting. And the bench has just been lighting them up with threes. I don't, and the one thing for me, okay, I mean, 137-83, I mean... <laughs> It's 54 points. I mean, why are you giving up open threes? Like, even even though I know it's it's out of hand, can you put a hand up somewhere? You know, show me something off this bench. Just don't let it, like, just leaving them wide open. Boston getting offensive rebounds and whatnot. It's, it's just, it's, it's, I know it's over, but, I mean, come on. It, it's just... I mean, if you're Steve Kerr, how do you handle it? What do you say in your post-game presser? Nothing. We got our butts handed to us today. That's it. See you wherever they're going next. Do a Belichick. We suck. See you, see you in Cleveland, wherever they go, as an example. See you in Orlando. On to Orlando. Got nothing to say about this one. I mean, as a player, man, you have got to be like, it's crazy. I mean, this is, this is, this is like you didn't get off the bus. I mean, it's like you didn't show up. I mean, and to be honest, Boston let up on them. I mean, they were on pace to score like 180 points in this game. This almost could have been like, this could have been like 80 at halftime. I mean, and just keep on. Boston keeps on firing threes, and they keep on hitting them. Boy, I tell you, this is a this is a rough one. This is a rough one. Tom Thibodeau just finished speaking to the media, and there's a positive sign that uh, Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle made the trip with them to Cleveland. So I think that's, once again, the progress is slow. The progress is slow, especially if you're a Nick fan. You're like, are they ever coming back? Like, when are they ever, ever coming back? But when guys start to travel, that's a good thing. We know that OG's been cleared for basketball activity, so things are slowly moving forward. But as I mentioned earlier, This is a game tonight where you really need to see this team play a complete game. You need them to be competitive defensively. 
especially from the three. They've been very lax on closeouts. Some of it is the defense they were playing, trying to double the ball and leaving people in situations where they move the ball faster than you could move your body. So defensively, they got to do a better job in challenging shots and also in you know contesting the three. I mean, they're playing hard. There's no question about that. That they're doing. They're playing very hard. Rebounding, listen, they're undersized. They're doing the best they can rebounding. They are still doing a great job off the boards. They are still out-rebounding a number of these teams who are bigger than they are. The difference is off the offensive glass, they're not enjoying the uh, margin against their opponents that they had previously. I mean, look, there was a bunch of times that the Knicks have not always shot great. But because of the offensive rebounding by Robinson or by Hartenstein or by Randall or by OG, get another opportunity. Or by Hart. Get another opportunity and then you, you know, you whip it out, you get a three. So you get a chance to get that next shot in. So they got to do a little better job off their defensive boards. And once again, I understand they're, they're small. It's hard. But obviously, they got to have a much better offense. Offense has got to be better than it's been previously. And it's not just, can't just be Jalen Brunson. As Shaq says, you need the others. You need the others to go out there and help you out. And once again, we're going to focus on the latest additions to this Nick team. Burks and Bogdanovich. And Bogdanovich had a couple of really good games, and the rest have been hit or miss. And Burks has not been the Burks that we saw when he was here before. Not the Burks that we saw the highlights in Detroit. And once again, it's different. You know, you're playing, you're just playing with the team that's, you know, not going anywhere. You're more of a veteran leader. You just go out there, you know, you're able to hit your shots. It's a different pace. It's a different mentality. Now you come and you're happy to be here. All right, you're happy to be playing for something. As a veteran, 33-plus in the league, you have an opportunity to join the team that has the chance to go to the postseason and maybe make a run. You love that. That's another opportunity for you. And so now you have to make that mental adjustment. Okay, these games matter. We got games now that, okay, I got to make this shot. I got, I got to make this play. I got to do this. It's a different mindset. It's, diff- it's more on the line. You're not playing as relaxed as you were in Detroit. Not saying you're not hustling, but it's a different, men- it's just a different mentality. Detroit's not going anywhere this year. You know, they're making strides. They've got some young players who are getting better. But they're not going anywhere. So mentally, you're just playing it. You're just playing. No pressure. This is playing. But now, you come here to a team that's been playing well, that has playoff opportunities, to a team who has a head coach that's maniacal in how he wants his defense played. (laughs) And it's the Big Apple. 
So it's a lot on the line. It's a lot on the line here. And tonight is a night where you really need for those two guys, Burks and Bogdanovich, to really have a game. Because you need to be able offensively to spread defenses out. And if they can hit their threes and do the things that they are capable of doing, they should be in good shape. Plus, you know, they're, they're not trying to they're not trying to let Jalen Brunson beat them. They're going to be he's going to be harassed. He's going to be double teamed. He's going to face bigger opponents. He knows. He knows what to expect. So they really, they really need for the other players to join them and, and play better. You need Preston Sachua, who's played extremely well. And you know what? We've talked a little bit about him, but he's been amazing. Considering that we expected him, he was kind of just an addition. Well, you know, we throw him, throw him in to, you know, make the numbers work and everything. But he's been he's been very helpful. He went through a couple of great games where he was double digits rebounding. He's been a guy that's been good on the boards. He's been a guy that's been very good shot blocking. He's been a guy that's been, uh, you know, very good defensively. He's a little undersized, but he moves pretty good. So he's been great. He's, he's been, he's been a, a, a valuable addition in that trade. Obviously, you're waiting for OG and Randall and Mitch to come back, but he's been, he's been a guy that's helped out, especially when Hardenstein didn't play. I mean, he's been good. And I know he has not been perfect, but I've been very impressed with Jericho Sims, what he's been able to bring to the table. Yes, he still needs to learn. There's some defensive assignments he misses. He's not perfect. I am by no means saying he's the next Bill Russell. But what I am saying is with the playing time that he has gotten, you see some things with him that are pretty good. You see his recognition. He's a little late sometimes on ball denial. He's a little late there. But he, he blocks shots. He's, getting, he's doing a better job getting position. So I, I've liked what I've seen from him. He's been an improvement. So this is a game that, and, and you know, once again, the rumors were that Spider was going to be uh, questionable for the game. I think he's going to play. This is the Knicks. I don't think he's sitting this one out. He's going to give it a go. If if he if he doesn't play this game, then he's really hurt. He's hurt. He's not injured. He's hurt. And, you know, he, he, this is his team now. And he wants to send a message. Every time Cleveland plays the Knicks, they want to advance. They have this postseason thing in mind last year where their big men did not answer to the physical nature of the way the Knicks played. They didn't respond to it. The Knicks moved them around all over that front line. And that was the difference in the game. In that series, that was the difference. The physical nature of what the Knicks were able to do there. And they haven't forgotten it, of course. And I'm sure coaches have talked to them about it. And I'm sure that they've heard about it. (laughs) And I'm sure it's been on social media about it. And so, you know, what they want to do is to 
try the bench. Now, it doesn't bring back the loss from the postseason last year, obviously. That doesn't change. But nevertheless, that's what you can expect tonight. And for an undersized Nick team, could be an issue. Could be an issue. So, for a Nick team that's dropped seven of their last ten, for a Nick team that, look, we get it. We get it. We, we hear what's going on. We see. You don't have all your pieces. You've got, you've lost four pieces in your front court. Okay, four. So, you just have to go out there and try to do the best you can. And again, here's the positive thing. They're playing hard. They're doing the best they can. Josh Hart is like, I mean, this guy's been the rebound, the Nick leading rebounder in three of the last four games. He had 18 against Golden State. Played 47 minutes. He's on the floor a lot. 18 rebounds. So he's been amazing. You just need somebody to give you the scoring that gives your defense a break so that you know, you get a chance to get a rebound. You get a chance to push the basketball a little bit, to get down, to make it so you get down the court before teams have set up their defense. Because with those guys out and you're not really getting the boards, you're kind of neutral on the boards, it, it really makes it hard when they go down court and they're getting into the half-court offense. It's like, it, it's, it's, it's like you're dragging through mud sometimes. It's just slow and methodical. And they pass the ball from side to side. And it's, you know, defenses are just dug in. We're not letting you drive the paint. We're not. I don't know what you're trying to do, but it's not going to be easy. We're not going to just open the door and let you drive down here. That's not going to happen. You're going to have to earn it. And then you pull up for the jumper and you go out and it's a long rebound. And next thing you know, they're on the break. And you're, you know, you got, you're trying to help other people rebound, and now you're back, and it's been a mismatch. Knicks need to win tonight. Really do. You hear the game at the bottom of the hour here on 98.7 ESPN. This is your radio home for New York Rangers hockey. But it's a fox. WEPN-FM. New York. A good karma brand's radio station. What an unbelievable Sunday. 60-plus degrees everywhere in the area. Oh, it's gorgeous. I hope you're outside enjoying this. As you get ready for the Knicks and the Cavaliers, right here at the bottom of the hour, Pat O'Keefe will have your pregame. John Giannone and Monica on the call, a little after the top of the hour, right here on 98.7 ESPN. And, of course, you can watch it on ESPN TV. And, of course, you can watch it on MSG as well. Um, We're talking about the Knicks. They're on the road tonight in Cleveland. But afterwards, they've got, just looking at their schedule, They've got Atlanta on Tuesday night at the Garden. Orlando at the Garden on Friday night. We talked about that big front line. Oh, no, that's a big front line. The Wagner brothers are just dangerous. And Bacero is not, is no, no, is, is not shabby either. Uh, then they have a back-to-back at the Garden with Philadelphia. Sunday at 10, Sunday, March 10th, and Tuesday, March 12th. So you've got two games with the Sixers. Then the Knicks go on the road. They've got a four-game West Coast trip at Portland, at Sacramento, at Golden State, and at Denver. 
So they're away from uh, after the Philadelphia game on Tuesday, March 12th. They go away at Portland on the 14th, at Sacramento on the 16th, at Golden State on the 18th, and at Denver on the 21st. Now remember, Miami just went on a six-game West Coast trip, finished 5-1. and one. I don't know who's going to be in the starting lineup. I don't know who's going to be available. I don't know who's going to be back. But that West Coast trip is important. It's important. It could be the start of, you know, getting towards that rush, that final push, right, that you have going towards the end of the season. Because after that, you come back, you're home for Brooklyn, home for Detroit, who you needed everything you had to be last game. Then you go visit uh, your, your guys up in Toronto in RJ and IQ. Then you head down to San Antonio. Back home for Oklahoma City and then you're in Miami to start off April. That April schedule at Miami, home for Sacramento, at Chicago, at Milwaukee, at Chicago, at Boston, home for Brooklyn, and you finish the season home with Chicago. Now, once again, I don't know when these folks are coming back, but you're looking at about a month left to the season when you start that road trip. When you start that road trip, there is exactly one month left. And that's when that road trip is the opportunity for you to really gear up and start to roll. And really, hopefully, with one or two people back, you could now start to get an idea of what this team can look like and what what chemistry is and who can play with whom and what 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 matchups you want to have and what pairings you want to have as you begin to pare down the amount of people that's going to play. All right? Because we know you're not – Tibbs is not doing a 9-10 man rotation in the postseason. Okay? Most coaches don't. Most coaches pair it down to 7-8. That's it. And then if you have to go to 9, it's either injury or foul trouble or something like that. But most of the time, you're paring it down. So you need to have people healthy so you can see what groups you want to work together. You want to see what, which, which people work, which guys work together, which guys play off each other, which guys do different things. So you really need that month to get that squared away so you can figure out and everybody becomes comfortable and everybody knows where they want the ball. It's, it's the beginning of stuff. You're doing it all over again. Because once again, you have these players here, right? But you, they've never, they haven't played off Julius Randle. Well, Alex Burks has. Bogdanovich hasn't. He hasn't played off Randle. He hasn't played off Mitch Robinson. He hasn't played off OG. He hasn't done it. And you're going to have different mismatch lineups in the postseason because you want to be able to take advantage of situations. Or you may need to be more, you may need a, a scorer. You have to be in the scoring spot. So 
That's why it's so important to really get rolling. And yeah, we're struggling here. We're concerned. We get it. But it's really about turning the page on this and trying to get healthy and get folks back to winning basketball. And hopefully that, that can happen. Because it, it's, it's, it's really frustrating. It's really disheartening to watch them lose games because you know that, and, and you know that everybody has injuries, but everybody doesn't have the magnitude of injuries that you have. Right? I mean, we talk about Philadelphia. I mean, Philadelphia today, that's a big win for them. On the road in Dallas, no Embiid, it's a big win. Tobias Harris showed up today. And, you know, he needs to show up like that more often. It'll be a better team. Even when Embiid is back, he needs to show up like that. Not just when he's away, but when he's back. Because right now, Tyrese Maxey's carrying that team, carrying it. He's a point guard, he's a shooting guard, he's everything. So you see what the injuries has affected them. You saw how Cleveland was. Cleveland was the hottest team in the NBA next to Boston to put them in second place in the conference. Donovan Mitchell goes out, they come back to earth a little bit. So if that happens to one player on the team, you lose three. And not only did you lose three, but you had Jalen Brunson in and out of the lineup. You had Hartenstein in and out of the lineup. I mean, before the All-Star game, I didn't know. There was no way you were winning that game. There was no way. You you didn't have enough people. So the injuries have been world chronicled. Not Not an excuse, just a fact. But you have to do a better job at trying to get scoring and be more efficient and put the ball in the basket. And it's got to start tonight. I've been saying that the whole show. This is a conference game. Did I care about losing to, to, was I happy? Didn't care about Golden State? No, I'm not happy about it. But as a Knicks fan, it's Golden State. You know, I can't. They were hot that night. I wish this Golden State team had showed up. (laughs) The one that showed up in Boston today, it would have been different. But, um, you know, this is a conference game. This is an important game. This matters. Of course, we're at the part of the season where every game matters, but especially the conference games. Because with that six or win today, you're tied with them. Tied. And as I mentioned, you got a back-to-back coming up with them in about a week. And, you know, you're not... You're not going to, you might, you're going to try to split it. You're going to try to sweep it. But, you know, the likelihood that you're going to sweep, I don't think you're going to sweep them. I think you'll split. So, you get, you know, the the, the East at the bottom, the bottom of the East is very, is jam-packed, very tight. You're just as close to the, you're almost as close to the four as you are to the plan. So these are very important games for this Nick team. And I'm curious to see how it goes tonight. It's going to be interesting. Should be a good one. 
We'll continue the conversation right here on 98.7 ESPN.